true as that, huh? We sure do need him each and every day. This morning, the title of my message is this, one word, overwhelmed, overwhelmed, and let's ask the Lord to bless now. Father, help us this morning. Oh, speak to our hearts. Lord, we, we're a needy people. We always are. Lord, we have the blessings, and Lord, we have, uh, we have so much to be thankful for, but there's always the needs that we have in our lives, and we have a lot of praise this morning to give to you, but Father, there's some needs that we have, and I just pray that you would bless and and help us when these times come in our lives where we're overwhelmed. I'm glad that you address it. And this morning as we address it in this message, I pray you help us all with it. Father, if there's somebody here not saved, I pray you save them. And we'll be sure to thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Overwhelmed. I find from verse number two, he said, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, my heart is overwhelmed. It's interesting to think about who was the speaker here. And this was David. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 13, 22, it says, And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found, listen to this, David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart which shall fulfill all my will. David was a man after God's own heart. And yet when I read in Psalm number 61, I find that he struggled in his life. No matter how good of a Christian we may be, or even think that we are, we sometimes struggle. Because we live in this old body of flesh, we live in this old sinful world. But when I look at David and I think about, here was a man after God's own heart. I mean, yet David wasn't perfect, but yet God put in the Bible that he was after his heart. We find that he struggled in life. He struggled. We have this idea today that, you know, it's kind of crazy, the stuff that's being preached today. And uh, that's why you need to be very careful about what you listen to today. Amen. You better listen to Bible preaching, not uh, some... Somebody trying to, you know, do something for a bunch of cheerleading. I'm talking about Bible preaching. But I, I, I think it's very interesting, you know, what is preached today. Many times people say, well, if you're a Christian, everything will be all right. Now, I understand that in a sense. Everything will end up being all right. But we're going to struggle in life. It is not always going to be perfect. You know, I, 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 I think we have the idea that, uh, that again, by people, prosperity uh, preaching, you know, they say, well, you know, that, that if, you get, if you have the Lord, then everything is going to work out just fine in your life all the time. But we find out many times the truth of the matter is, I mean, remember the day you got saved? Wasn't that wonderful? And it was so exciting. One of them got like, man, this is great. I know that I'm saved. But then all of a sudden what happens? The devil throws something at you. All of a sudden, you get sick. All of a sudden, you got troubles, burdens. Your heart's broken. We find out that life's not that easy. The sad thing is what happens. That then people begin to blame God for it. God, why? It's part of life. The troubles that come our way. 
We look at David, we find that David found hardships was kind of a, a way of life. You know, I think, you know, I think all of us, and especially when we grow older, we see there's more hardships, isn't there? You know, we could read in the Bible where it says in, in Ecclesiastes, you know, about some of the things that all of a sudden, I mean, it's a whole lot different life. I like what old Ray used to come to our church. Remember Ray? He used to wear bib overalls all the time, and uh, he was a character. He really was, but he loved his church. He loved his preacher, and uh, I remember he'd go out oftentimes and say, Preacher, get knolls, not for sissies. He was the only prophet I know that wore bib overalls, amen. <laughs> He had it right. Getting old's not for sissies. We have troubles. But you know, you don't have to get old to have troubles, do you? But it seems like the older you get, the more they come upon you. You know, going to the doctor's really not that bad, but <clears throat> I was at the eye doctor this week, and, and uh, I, my first time in this ophthalmologist. I finally decided to go an ophthalmologist rather than a veterinarian. And uh, so I went to the ophthalmologist and uh, get my eyes checked and having a lot of trouble with my right eye, and uh, especially. And uh, I went in there, and, and, uh, and I thought, you know, everybody was really nice my first time there. And the doctor comes in, and he's looking in my eye, and he goes, oh, you don't like doctors to say, oh. And uh, he, said, uh, he says, you've got a cataract. And he says, really bad in this eye here. And he looks at the other eye, and I thought, well, it's okay. He goes, oh, you got a cataract in that eye too, but it's not as, it's probably the smaller version of the Cadillac in this eye than in this eye, right? You know, and uh, it's the SUV in this eye, evidently, but Cadillac SUV, but uh, the cataracts. And uh, he says, we got to get it taken care of. And I, I looked at him through the foggy lenses of my eyes, and I said to him, You'd think the first time I was here, you'd be nice to me and have something nice to say. <laughs> he says, I really want to tell you something nice. He says, I'll tell you this, you don't have glaucoma. <laughs> hey! But you know, it just seems like, I mean, you just get through one thing and there's something else. And there's troubles, there's trials that come in your life. And I, and I think we, the hardships come. And I wish we could say that, you know, as a Christian, everything will work out fine. Everything will be fine. You'll never have to go to the doctor. But like I was saying, you know, the older you get, the more you got to go to the doctor, the more they find out things. So why go to the doctor? You'll never know. <laughs> but, you know, the hardships come in our life. We, but not just older people, younger folks too. You know, sometimes when we think we're having a bad deal in our life, we can look around and find folks have had it a whole lot tougher. I see some of these little children today crippled. And even though my feet may be numb, I can stand up on them today. I look at folks with tapping along, they're blind, and they tap along and I think, well, what's the big deal with cataract, man? They'll just go and get the chainsaw and take it out. It'll go away. I think about people I, with the, the surgery that I had, the cancer that I had. I know many people that have had, had to go through chemo afterwards and be so sick, and I never had to do that. Everybody has a rough time from time to time. Everybody gets overwhelmed sometimes in our lives. And sometimes when this happens, we get an attitude about ourselves. And sad to say, it probably happens a lot more than what you think. 
where people, when they get overwhelmed, they begin to say this, well, Lord, I got saved and I've tried serving you and now I've got problems. Why would I want to serve you? I say this, God is always good. You say, well, preacher, I'm overwhelmed with some things in my life. But God is always good, always is. And I think sometimes we're not careful when we get overwhelmed, we're ready to throw in the towel and say, well, what's the use? Why should I keep on going? You know, we see a lot of, a lot of suicide today. And I believe one of the reasons behind it all is this, that people get overwhelmed and have no idea how to get out of that. Have no idea how to handle when they're overwhelmed. David was the king. He had wealth. I mean, God loved him. He loved God. And yet he's the one that wrote this. And he was overwhelmed. No doubt that David loved God. And whatever came his way, no matter what happened to David, and, and, and to think about it, we could go in, go on and talk about all the things that happened to David. We could go on and say, man, a lot of things happened in his life. And yet, even though everything that happened in his life, his love for God never changed. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what may happen in your life, but never fall out of love with God. And this is what amazes me and what, what's a blessing to me that David, no matter what the situation happened in his life, he still loved God. I think a little chorus we used to sing, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, because you first loved me. I like that little chorus. I think this is the way a lot of people want to sing it now. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, because nothing bad happens to me. We ought to love him whether something bad happens or not. Because he first loved us. I heard people people look at God and say, well, I know I, I got saved and I trust a little bit. Why is God doing this to me? They're overwhelmed. But when you get overwhelmed, you need to understand God is still there. And God's still going to take care of you. David was faithful and strong spiritually. He was the king. He was one of those people who say, man, he had great strength, not only as being the king, but just being the Christian that he was. And yet he was overwhelmed. All of us at times get overwhelmed because of the circumstances in our life. Sometimes it's the death of a loved one. Sometimes it's a child, sometimes it's the spouse, sometimes it's the parents, sometimes it's a dear friend. Sometimes it's when sickness comes to someone you love and you, you hear the word cancer or another dreaded word, Alzheimer's. You hear it all the time. We get overwhelmed by circumstances and we sometimes begin then to turn to the inside of us and blame ourselves for all this. You see, when we get overwhelmed, it's not... I hope I'm making sense on this. When we get overwhelmed, it's not really a fault because God made us the way we are that things will affect us. Does it make any sense? 
Now stay with me, and I, I hope to clarify this a little bit. God made us the way we are. God made us with feelings. God made us so we can comprehend and we can understand things. And God, I believe, understands. Since he made us, he understands us, doesn't he? He understands us more than we understand our own families. Because he created us, and I still believe he created us. And I think you know that God knows us. And I believe that God knew that we would sometimes in life be overwhelmed. Especially in the fact that man has sinned. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We have that inherited that, that uh, 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 inherited problem of sinning. And God knows how we are. God knew how he made Adam and Eve. God knew how it would turn out. He said, God, I will, well, but God knows everything. He knows our uprising and our sitting down. He knows when we're excited and feeling wonderful, and he knows when we're hurting and we are overwhelmed in life. But then I begin to think, you know what? If we were never overwhelmed, we would never have reason to call on him for help. You know, I think sometimes, and we see the world's like this, and sometimes us Christians are this way too, that everything's going well and we don't need him. Until all of a sudden the trials come and we need him. Let's be honest. Do we pray a little bit more when things aren't going well than when things are going fine? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know some may say, well, you know, I just pray the same all the time. We'll thank the Lord for the, uh, you know, the great Christian that you are. But I think all of us, I think we understand this, that we, we have this idea as long as everything, everything's okay, going all right, why do we need to pray? You know, well, we ought to pray about this, about going outside. Well, it's sunshine and outside. Why should we have to pray about it? No, sun, lightning, and thunder out there. And you go, well, I don't know. Should we go outside? I don't know. Let's pray about it. You see what I mean? It's like our circumstances determine whether or not we pray. I think God made us a way that where things would affect us, that we then just depend on ourselves all the time, but so that we would depend upon him. In the times of troubles and trials. Because we're going to be overwhelmed. Look at verse 2 again. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Notice this next word. When my heart is overwhelmed. The word is not if my heart is overwhelmed. When it is overwhelmed. Ladies and gentlemen, if your heart has never been overwhelmed, which I kind of doubt that because there's not a little kids in this room, it will be overwhelmed. And you're going to think, what am I going to do? You know, the world today, I was, I was listening to some people, listening to what it was supposed to be Christians talking. They said, you know what we got to do? We got to get control of our life. That's your problem, lady. You're in control of your life and letting, instead of letting God be in control of your life. 
So, well, we just need to, we just need to have control of it, and I can't control everything in my life. But I can let God control, and I can trust him because there's a lot of things I cannot control. I think about folks that are sick. I wish I could control that. I wish I could snap my fingers and they'd be well, but I can't. I want to control things in my family's life, but I can't. I can't control those things, but I know this, that in God's hand we'll be okay. When I'm overwhelmed, not if, but when I am. And it will happen to all of us. There'll be the times where the trials will be there and the burdens will be upon you and you think, I don't know which way to turn. We'll be overwhelmed. Why? I think even Jesus was overwhelmed. So I don't know about that. Well, let's look and see what the Bible says. Go with me to Mark chapter number 14. Y'all still believe the Bible, don't you? Mark chapter number 14, go to verse number 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, sit ye here while I, while I shall pray, excuse me, while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy, and saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tear ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Who was praying that? Jesus was. Jesus, God in the flesh. There, when I think about him and his humanity, he was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed. The Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter 22 and verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed, the, prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus understood. He understands us. You know why? He was overwhelmed too. The sins of the world. We think about we're overwhelmed by the problems that we have. Jesus was about to have all the sin of mankind put upon him. He was overwhelmed, but he remember what he prayed? But not my will, but thine be done. He was overwhelmed, but he knew who to go to. His father would take care of him. I thought about Peter. Peter was overwhelmed in his sin. Matthew 26, 75 says this, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said to him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Listen to this. And he went out and wept bitterly. I mean, he's, he's crying his eyes out. He's weeping bitterly. Why? He, let the, he was so overwhelmed. I think about the Apostle Paul. What a great Christian that man was. And I find out about Paul. He was overwhelmed in his circumstances I read 2 Corinthians 1.8, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were, now listen to this one, pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despised even, uh, despaired even of life. 
He was in such, he was so overwhelmed with what the problems were in his life. Who were we talking about here? Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be surprised when it happens in your life. You get overwhelmed by some situation, some circumstances. But the good news is to know this, that God knows how we feel. (laughs) You know what? If we've not had what someone else had, we don't know how they feel. But you know, you talk to someone, they go, you know, I've been talking to folks that had cataracts before. You know what? They understand what my thoughts are, what's going through my head, which is probably a little bit of anything, nothing at all. But you know, you understand, when I had the prostate cancer, I remember after that happened, and then, then I, I remember Bishop's uh, son in, uh, son-in-law's pastor was, was facing the same thing. And I got his phone number, and I called him. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I understood what he was going through. I understood what he was thinking. I understood the fears that he had in facing the surgery. I understood those things. My Heavenly Father understands us. He understands us well. The Bible, the Bible tells us here that how he knows how we feel. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus says, I understand how you feel. He said, preacher, you don't understand. I may not, but you know what? The Lord does. He said, preacher, you don't understand what I've gone through and the burdens that I've got on me right now and, and, and the things that have got me weighed down. I just, I just don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. And the Lord says, I know how it feels. I went to the cross of Calvary. I sweat, uh, sweat drops of blood. I felt the, the load of all the sin of mankind upon me. I understand. I'm glad he's touched with my infirmities and understands me. God understands and knows how we are because he made us. God knows that we're not like him when it comes to being omniscient. Omniscient means this, that he knows everything. Well, he knows all, he knows everything about tomorrow. I don't. But I'm glad that he's my God and he made us. God knows that we're, um, uh, we're not omnipotent. We do not have the power that, to overcome all things because we're all flesh. God knows that we're not superhumans, nor are we spiritually super all the time because God knows our frame. Go with me to Psalm 103. You know, it ought not surprise us. God knows us since he made us, huh? Psalm 103, verse, what did I say, 30 or 3? 103. Don't make fun of a man with cataracts. I can't see what I'm doing. I was 130. And by the way, all of you sitting in the back row, you just wait till June 28th comes. I'll see what you're doing. So y'all in the back row better start behaving yourselves because there's coming a time I'm going to be able to see you really good. 
Right now, you look blurry. Oh, I look at where am I at? Psalm 103, verse 13. Here we go. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth, here it is, for he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for, his, for, as for a man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall I know it no more. You know, you think about it. God, God knows our frame. He knows what we're made out of. God doesn't look down and say, oh, no, they're overwhelmed. God says they're overwhelmed, but hey, they got me. They can come to me about it, and I can take care of them. So we're frail. God knows that. Then is there any hope for us if we're so frail? Good news for you today. Yes, there is hope. You see, when, as the Apostle Paul found out, when, when we come to the end of our strength, then we find his strength. When we, when, we, uh, you know, when we come to the end of our power, then we're able to find his power. You know, sometimes, you know, my wife will go to open up a, a jar of something. And she'll go, I go, honey, let me do it. And she gives it to me. And then I pray, Lord, please, you got to help me. Because I don't want to be able not to do it. And so I get it, and sometimes I'm working. She goes, here, give me to me again. I go, no, woman, I'm going to do it. If I have to break the glass off of it, I'm doing it. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to know this, that when I don't have the power, he does. When I don't have the strength, he does. Look with me to... Look with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I know I've got you turning back and forth, make you dizzy. 2, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Look at verse number 9. Well, this is Paul saying that. But Paul was made just like you and I, wasn't he? He made out of the same flesh you and I are made of, same old dust. Well, look what it says about what he said here. And he said unto me, well, back up verse number, number eight. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from him, this, 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 this thorn in the flesh. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in what? How in the world can that be? How can strength be made from weakness? Because my weakness means his strength. His strength. He can help me in those times of weakness. Oh, look at it says. Look at look at look at. He said there, uh, the last part of that verse. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The word infirmities gives me the idea of the being overwhelmed. Verse ten. Therefore, I take oh my pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, when I'm overwhelmed, then am I strong. Why? Because of his own strength? The strength of the Lord. The strength of the Lord. You know, when we're afraid, we can still trust the Lord to care and provide and protect us. Psalm 56, verse number 3 says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. You know, it's kind of like this. If I never got afraid, I wouldn't really trust in him. <laughs> 
I'll be honest with you. You know one of the reasons why I got saved? I was afraid of going to hell. I think most people did not get saved because they loved Jesus so much. They were fearful. But they let God give them peace. Thank the Lord for the peace that passes all understanding. So what can we learn from David here real quickly? Well, one thing, when we're overwhelmed, the first thing we can learn from this, this verse number one, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. We know this, that the Lord's just a prayer away. Amen. Just pray. You ever call somebody and just rings and rings and rings and rings and nobody answers? And then you get, you know, then all of a sudden, dink, you know, this is so-and-so, please leave a message, dink. And then you start leaving the message and all of a sudden the woman on there says, the mailbox is full. I'm always saying this. I'm glad they don't pick up because I'm always saying this. Empty your mailbox. <laughs> Amen. Oh, it feels good to get that off my chest. <laughs> but you know what? He's just, he's just one prayer away. And the line's never busy. Aren't you glad for that? I'm glad. You know, <laughs> when we first moved to Pennsylvania, we had a party line. I mean, man, that was in the old days. Oh, you guys don't know what I'm talking about there. But what that means was several different homes shared one, one phone number. And I remember the first time the phone rang in the house we moved into. And I went over and I picked up the phone. And I go, hello. And then someone else is going, hey, it's not for you. It's for me. We're talking here. And I'm like, what are you doing on my line? And he goes, it's a party line. I'm like, wasn't I invited to the party? Telling you, I'm glad we soon changed that. We were no longer party line. I'm glad that when I call on the Lord, I don't get somebody else. I don't go, Lord, I need some help. And Vernon goes, hey, it's me, Vernon. What can I do for you? Vernon, I love you. I appreciate you. You do a good job with all you do there in this church here. But Vernon, when I'm overwhelmed, I don't want you. I want him. He knows my frame. He understands me. He's just a prayer away. And when we're at our lowest, we can be at his highest. Look at verse 2. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Here it is. That is higher than I. Amen. I mean, you know what he does? He lifts us up. Being overwhelmed pushes us down so many times. But we come to him in prayer and he lifts us up. Look at verse number 3. The Lord's our shelter and our high tower. For thou hast been a shelter for me. And a strong tower from the enemy. Well, I'm thanking the Lord for the shelter we have in him. Aren't you glad for it? I remember when the tornadoes would come in Indiana. And we, they all of a sudden you hear the fire uh, uh, sirens going off. And you turn on, on the AM station. WJOB was the station we listened to in Hammond. And they would say, all the people in Lake County, Indiana, you need to take cover. There's been tornadoes spotted. And I remember we go to the basement to find shelter. I'll be honest with you. I still scared down in the shelter because I didn't know what was going to happen. We'd stay down there, and then finally, all of a sudden, the man on the radio would say, it's all clear now. It's all clear. We were so happy. Let me tell you something. I'm glad today that the Lord is my shelter, and in that shelter, everything's all right. Everything is fine. He's a strong tower from the enemy. In other words, the enemy can't. People say, I just, I just worry all the time whether I'm really going to go to heaven or not. Did you accept Christ your Savior? Yes. Hey, you're in the strong tower, and the enemy can't get you. Thank the Lord. He's our shelter. Verse 4, we find faithfulness to the house of God is important. 
It says, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings of Selah. You know, that, that we're safe there in the, in the house of the Lord. Covert means a hiding place. Thank the Lord there's that hiding place. And then he, he ends that verse with the word Selah. That means this. It means, it means to meditate on this or think about it. You know, sometimes it's good for us just to think about it. Think about how good God is. Well, I know how good God is. Think about it. That's why I said Selah. Let it sink in. Help you understand how good it is to know the Lord. Psalm 91 verse 1 and 2 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. And then we find that God remembers the vows that He made. We're to remember and keep our vows that we made to the Lord even in the good times. Look at, um, look at verse number 5. The Bible says, For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Now, you know what? Things go really well for us, and we say, man, Lord, you're so good. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Remember that vow. Because when things don't go well, you remember when it was going well, when you said, I will trust you. It's easier said when things are going well than when things are not. But when we're overwhelmed, we still need to trust him. That's what he's talking about there in verse number five, verse number six. And that, well, verse number five, heritage means inheritance that God promised. They would establish David's throne for eternity. That God said, I'm going to take care of it. You know, David, now again, remember, we're talking about David here at this time. He was overwhelmed. God said, hey, I have established your throne forever. David didn't have anything to worry about, did he? Because God established it. Verse number six, we find the promise of a long, fruitful life. Thou will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. You know, you think about, it, we're going to live until we die. Does that make sense? We're going to live till we die. You say, well, how long is that? I don't know, but we're going to live till we die, till we go be the Lord. But I think about this, the Lord gives us a long time to live. Y'all look at the obituaries from time to time. All old people do that. I think one of the reasons why we look at obituaries when we get old is to see if our name is there. I saw a biter the other day in the obituaries. You see, it was a nun. I thought all biters were Baptists. I don't know what happened there. But, uh, but you know, I, I look in, the, in that obituary and I find out, you know what? I, I, saw, I saw someone die. I think they were 104. That's a long life. And you know what? You think about it, how old we are now. It's been a pretty long time, hasn't it? I remember my preacher used to say, I've been pastor here for a quarter of a century. You know what a quarter of a century is? 25 years. Why, he's just getting started. I'm thinking, I'm approaching now at 40 years. Well, I've been in ministry 46 and a half years. I'm approaching a half a century. That's old. You didn't have to say yeah. You're supposed to say, bless his heart. Amen. But the Lord gives us a life to live. Thank the Lord for it. We find the promise of eternity in verse number 7. He shall abide before God forever. Or prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. You know, thank the Lord for that promise of eternity. You know, all this life that we have on this earth is going to be gone one of these days. You know, just like, it's going to be like the, the coming of nighttime. 
You'll be here before we know it. You look out there right now and say, man, look at sun, sun shining out there. It's beautiful outside. But tonight it's going to get dark. It's going to get dark. And you know, sometimes in life we're going to suffer and be overwhelmed for a moment of time. And the darkness may come. But you know what I like? You know, you know my favorite part of the day is? Just before it gets light. I don't like to get up when it's getting light. I want to get up when it's dark. You say, you're crazy. I'm old. But I love to be up listening for the birds before the birds wake up. And I sit there and I listen, and all of a sudden I hear some birds start chirping. And I go, ah, I beat you. But you know what I know? I haven't seen it yet, and the sky hasn't really brightened yet, but they're telling me the sun's about to rise. And then all of a sudden, more birds start chirping too. And man, I'll tell you, what a choir. And they start chirping, all of a sudden the sky begins to brighten up. No, I don't see any sun yet, but the sky's brightening up and the birds are chirping away. And I enjoy this time because now I know the sun's about to rise and the birds are chirping. It's so loud where I live. I remember my, my uncle and aunt came one time to see us and they walked out on our back porch and they go, listen, you could hear the birds. They live up in Chicagoland area. You hear the sirens. She says, you could hear the birds. And I listen to those birds, the chirping there to think of how beautiful the sound to know that, you know, this old night has passed and the day is here. And the overwhelming things that happen in our life, it's dark. But if you listen, the birds are starting to chirp. And all of a sudden, the sky is going to lighten up. And the sky is going to split open one of these days. And we'll rise to be with him. Amen. Oh, thank the Lord, the promise of eternity. And then number eight, or verse number eight, the last verse. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. I think the promise of worship, both now and forever. Now, I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to worship him. Amen. Yeah, you, you won't be so quiet when you get to heaven. You know, you're gonna feel, some of you are going to feel out of place when we get to heaven. You go, I didn't know a bunch of Baptists be up here. <laughs> when we get to, get to heaven, it won't be quiet. People will be worshiping the Lord. But you, but you, you know what's wonderful? We can worship now, too. We can thank God now for what he's done for us. Who wrote this? David did. Why, well, he was the king. But he was overwhelmed. It's just showing us this, that when you are overwhelmed, God knows we do get overwhelmed. But I wonder if sometimes God looks and says, look, at they're overwhelmed. They're getting ready to call on me. And they're going to see I'm taking care of them. I feel so sorry for the lost people because they get overwhelmed too, don't they? They lose loved ones. They get sick. They have troubles and yet they have no eternity to look forward to. Why, they don't even have anybody to call on. They may call, but he's not there for them unless they're saved. 
Remember, Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. I'll tell you right now, the devil's not going to come to your aid when overwhelmed. We that are saved have him to help us when we're overcome. We have somebody to go to. This morning, if you're not sure you're saved, you have nobody. I feel sorry. I really do. I feel sorry for lost people. They don't have anybody. We don't, we don't weep like other people weep. We don't sorrow like other people sorrow. Why? Because we have him. But there's people who don't have him. But everybody's going to be overwhelmed. And when that time comes in your life, remember David for a moment. Remember what David found out. God was there. Lord, you were there for me. You never left me. You never forsook me. He said, well, you didn't have any real problems. Oh, really? With his kingdom? With his family? You had all kinds of problems. Many a times overwhelmed. He said, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We have that rock, Christ Jesus, today. If you're here this morning, you're not sure you're saved. You need to come and trust Christ, your Savior. You know, what I, what I preach is real. This is not just made up stuff to try to entertain you for a little bit. This is real stuff. It's real life. This is what happens in life. See, preacher, I've really not been overwhelmed. Maybe young folks would say, you know what, I've really not had that happen yet. It'll happen someday. Many of us adults in here have found out what it's like to be overwhelmed sometimes. But how good it is to know that he's there when we call out to him. I like what my doctor said when he went to operate on me, come in the, in the, in the prep room, and put his hand on my leg, and he said, Mark, you don't need to worry because somebody else is going to be in that room with us. Amen, and that's the Lord. I'm glad that he's there all the time. When we're overwhelmed, we have him. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. I believe this psalm is proof of your love for us. You've shown us when we're overwhelmed, we can come to you. You gave us the illustration of David, and we can learn from him. But Lord, I'm so glad that I've learned, even in my own life, when I'm overwhelmed, I call out unto you, and you're there to answer. Thank you for it. Lord, I pray if there's somebody in this room here today that's not saved, that this would be the day of their salvation. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. If you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Let me kind of ask you this. If you're overwhelmed today, do you have anybody you can call on that could really help you? Make sure he's yours. Make sure he's your heavenly father by being born again. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning said, Preacher, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. Christian, this morning, are you overwhelmed? I'm sure there's folks in this room right now that got burdens in your heart. You feel like sometimes you're a little overwhelmed. 
realize we have somebody to go to. When you're overwhelmed, the Lord is there just waiting for you like he did for David. And David found out when he called to the Lord, he was there and answered him. God loves you today. If you're saved, we thank the Lord that when the overwhelming times come, don't look to yourself, look to him, and he'll see you through. If you're in a moment, we're going to have the invitation. If you're not saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. But if you are saved and God spoke to your heart, maybe you're having a time of overwhelming things in your life right now. Why not just take it to the Lord? Do what David did. Do what we talked about this morning. Father, bless the invitation time now. Pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.